Welcome to Not Just Talk Radio, a modern-day movement offering a platform where real talk and new perspectives are transformed into action and evidence. Your host is LaTanya Jr., along with co-hosts Tina Wynn and Tony Brown. LaTanya is known for her unconventional brilliance and humanitarian scope of interest. They're ready to share both wit and wisdom. Now, here is LaTanya, Tina, and Tony. (laughs) Welcome, welcome, not just talk radio around the world. We're here. Hey, ladies, Teeny and Tony, you guys are there. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Wednesday, world. Happy Wednesday. Well, we have an exciting show we're going to talk about, and I have to, I have to just cue it by saying, I get this text from Tony, who rarely contact me prior to the show because we want to be fresh and authentic on air. And when I, I, I open this text up, I can hear her screaming through the text. And she's like, we got to do a show about this. (laughs) And if you know Tony, Tony is the coolest person that walks the planet. And so today's show is all about how long should you live with your parents after 18 or college? Like, really, should Uh you? I'm going to talk about pros and cons. I'm going to share some numbers. You're going to be shocked how many people have their behinds at home um, and what our perspective and point of view is all about. And I'm sure it's going to be quite enlightening, insightful, funny. And maybe darn right old school cruel, because I think I'm a little cruel on this subject. Uh, but first, I want to I want to say what's happening, ladies. Is any anything out there on the news that have sort of uh, that you found interesting? You want to share anything good or ruffled your feathers? Yeah, you know yeah. they're going to put all those men in jail. They're really going to go to jail. <laughs> Which men? Giuliani and, and the gang. Giuliani and the gang. Oh, you mean oh, 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 they're going to jail? They're going to prison. The thugs. Yes. The thugs. You know, um, there's no getting out of this. Here's what I know about America, and I think you guys will feel the same. Based on how our laws are structured, you can absolutely, based on how our laws are constructed, there is a way America can put you in jail if they want to. to. Um, And so, um, in this case, they deserve to go to jail. I'm not feeling sorry for mm-hmm. any of them, but I'm pretty nope. sure uh, the Democratic Party, um, uh, they know how to get their own. You know, we're really far removed as American citizens. We can say what we do or don't, but this this situation that's going on now, this is like, we're going to show y'all what power is. And so, hey, if Julie go to jail, Giuliani go to jail. Yep. <laughs> you know, but yep. here, here's... Well, it's Here's, ironic that he would be going to jail for corruption when he was the. Uh, but he fought you know, those. Right. Yeah, the former. When the Central Park yeah. Five went to jail. Okay, that's all I want to say. He was the mayor, wasn't he? And his ace bone coup was Donald Trump at the time. And that case well, was, was manipulated. Mayor, and they was? sent five innocent young but boys. I didn't vote for him. I couldn't stand him. I didn't vote for him. Well, I didn't go here's, him back here, then. here's two here's two conversations. Here's two things in the news. Can I have can I share two quick ones? Mm-hmm. One I want to say, get off of my man's back from the NBA uh, on yeah, Lakers LeBron team. James. LeBron yeah. James. And what I happens agree. is People, what he's saying yeah. is absolutely correct. But this is what happens right. when a black man shares from a black right. man's perspective, and it's a fair right. statement he made. And so I know that the Chinese people, Japanese, Asians, whoever is all into the involved in the sports and then the white America that controls the NBA. 
But the fact is, if you guys came out on this subject like you do for Black Lives Matter and African American mm-hmm. police gunning innocent people down, we wouldn't be mm-hmm. where we are right now socially. And so hats off to LeBron James. He stated the facts. The fact is, in America, we have laws, but we can't mm-hmm. force our laws on other countries. Just like right. America won't allow other countries to force their laws on them. And he said what he said was correct. And mm-hmm. the NBA and everybody else, and including, I'm going to say this. Hello, Asian community. We need you to march with us. We need you to stand mm-hmm. with us with human rights and social mm-hmm. rights here in America also. You know, because we, we black folks march with everyone. We were with the Native Americans, Dick Gregory, organized. We're just helping everyone. And they, and, and we need your help. Let's let's bring these two together. Let's bring this conversation. And and I can't speak on the have on behalf of the citizens and their laws there. Uh, but they can leave. They can leave that country. I think what annoys me most is if you you know when when people make statements, everyone if it's all they they hear what they want to hear, and they just, right. all they want to do is just be negative and like bombast you. Can you just, just for once, look at the context of what is said, you know, and the intention for, for what it's intended to be, you know? And instead of just going off the rails, I'm burning his jersey, blah, blah, blah. You know, but, but, I, but I look at look the at what he said. But look at the U.S. NBA. I mean, they, they're like, listen, th- what you said affects our pocket. No. What you did affected your pocket. What he yeah. said was a fact. It was clear. It was strong. Right. It was very courageous. And right. and he was like, hey, you have to understand the dynamics of different countries before you communicate. I'm not saying That's I'm right. for it or against it. Well, no, exactly. we're going to make you take a stand. We're going to make exactly. you take and that, a stand. And that was the thing. It wasn't about him being for or against. It was like... Look at the history. It's not our country. Look at the history of why they are where they are before you make a statement. Before well, I, you take I things say out this. of context. I'm exhausted with American leaders and these non-conscious corporations. Um, they this double standard. I really wish, honestly, if I had the energy, my goodness, just let's stop buying their products and supporting them. The the, 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 yeah. the buffoonery and the behavior of what we call and consider intellectual in America is an embarrassment. And, and yep, I said it. And, and in fact, here, look, we have an African-American innocent woman that was in her house that was shot and killed. And I got and, uh-huh. and I watched this morning a chief police crying, saying, oh, this is going to make us look bad. No, you look bad already. I want to call out the good cops if you exist, because mm-hmm. right now I don't think they exist. Where are you? Why haven't you taken to the street? Why haven't you said these are the, the, the principles and culture of our inside of our house, you know, inside of our blue house? And we need to clean it up because we look bad when they look bad until they all come out. They all bad. And it's the same with this NBA thing. They want to they want to throw the, the shovel at LeBron and blame him and say, say what we want you to say. And if not. But you know what? I'm done. Tanya Jr. is done with this buffoonery. I had to call it out. Do you think this? Do you think this could be the end of the NBA relationship in Asia? Uh, uh, you know, I think. Let me, let me say to, this: to, to the cost of billions, probably not. Well, here's the deal. 
uh, America plays a different kind of game. So, you know, when we see Donald Trump, people are shocked. We always knew that leadership behaved like Donald Trump. They just did it in a kinder way, right? So Donald Trump is not mm-hmm. a shock. It's a shock to mainstream white America that pretends like they didn't know that this level of behavior exists. This has always existed, and there are millions of Donald Trumps in America that's running companies and towns and cities across America. And so what America does, America corporate leadership, and I'm going to say it, white men have a tendency to talk very calm in the camera, very intellectual, while they're gutting you out dry. They're gutting you. They are snatching your heart out out of the community. And so Asia doesn't play that game. Asia been, the the, the Asian community, um, they don't play that game. They read Americans very, very well. And so we'll see what the outcome is. Because we haven't gauged and measured their brand loyalty over there. We know their loyalty to their country, but this is a new breed of citizens that are saying we are prepared to fight. Are they like us when we were in 1968? Uh, we don't know yet. We just don't know. But I, I, here's, here's uh, to, to switch keys because we're going to really talk about these young folks. Uh, and, uh, but I am, I'm, I'm proud of all young people, right? And here's a perfect example because we're going to talk about should you leave home um, should you still be living with your parents when you're grown and have hair under, under your arm and require all the other, <laughs> you know, all the other products adults require? Should you still be with your mom and daddy? We're going to talk about that. But I just look at look who's changing the world. Those people that are marching in the streets, they're 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. They're young people that have decided to put their yeah. entire future on the line. Right. right. And, and, and it's right. always been that way. Think about Dr. King, how young they were. Right. And how right. long. Yeah. And, and, and so um, when we talk about these numbers of living at home with your parents and, and, and pouting and I'm going to let Tony lead on it because she sent me she, she sent a photo of this this <laughs> post that she didn't take care of. But I just want to give a shout out to Elizabeth Warren. Because I want people to open their eyes and mind and understand what strategy is. So really fast, they had the Democratic debates last night, and she got 23 minutes worth of conversation. Other people got 17, 11, and 12. The reason why, this is what we call living strategy. It's silent, but it's a perfect branding mechanism. She refuses to tell you how she's going to pay for health care. So because of that, everyone keep asking her questions. And because mm-hmm. they keep asking her questions, they eat up their time and give her more time. Uh-huh. And that's her strategy. And it's just so mm-hmm. brilliant that at the end of the night, when everybody go home and sit down with their families, they're going to go, you spent your entire time questioning her. And she got to talk and, right. and, and, and own the night. And I just mm-hmm. applaud, I applaud her for strategy. Because strategy. It, was, it, yep. <laughs> it, was, it was intentional. And it's a big yeah. deal. Six minutes, 11 minutes, 12 minutes is a big deal in the visual and listening brain in regards to branding and who's going to stick out. So this morning, she stuck out. She controlled the night. Why? She controlled the minutes. Good job. Well done. Strategy in living force. Girl power. And they're still talking about her today. They're still talking mm-hmm. about her. Six minutes, baby. Six. Elizabeth, hey, I, I would have done. I got you. When, when, <laughs> when I saw it, I was like. Give me some popcorn and a glass of wine. This is his story. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I was I was sitting here waiting. Uh, look, I, I want to make sure. So, uh, hey Tony, how about you? Do you have any uh, any before we jump on our subject? 
or you want to dive in because that's what you're going to do. I don't you, think I, mean, I have anything else um, that I've been thinking about uh, that I want to bring up. Uh, that Yeah, you know, when you brought up that young woman that was killed in her home in Dallas, um, you know, I think my heart just hurt when you said it. Uh, can't believe after the Amber Geiger trial that this happened within two weeks or three weeks of that same trial. It's like, how do you... How does this stuff repeat itself if it's not intentional? If it isn't. If it's just not... Well, it's... it's, It goes... I think a lot of it goes to training. I think I think more and more these police departments are beginning to recognize that within themselves, and they're not they're not sweeping this under the carpet. Um, the 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 police officer has been charged with murder, and um, you know it's going to go to a trial or whatever. He's off the police force, even though he quit before they had a chance to fire him, and um, this one might take a turn at a different type of turn. I'm. I'm paying attention to see how it goes. I, 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 I know. I don't think it has anything to do with training. I think it has who they choose to put on the force. You can train a cop to 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 pause or shoot. He knows when to shoot and when not. He hasn't yeah, shot it. Yeah, but you also, hey, you know, they, you, they didn't shoot anybody. He didn't listen, make even that mistake amongst with ourselves. Uh, you I know, think people put on a, a certain kind of persona, time, and then time, they turn time, out to be something time, entirely Tina. different. I think what? they need to be a proper psychological test need to be put in place. We have an extreme amount of racists on the police force. We know from the 60s that's where they went. They went from mm-hmm. the Klan to the police forces. Now, they mm-hmm. have their own Facebook mm-hmm. pages. They have their own mm-hmm. websites. The FBI mm-hmm. knows that these police officers are making derogatory comments about black people mm-hmm. and then putting on a gun yep. and going and saying that they're going to stand by the people. You can look, you can't use the same brain to correct the problem that created the problem. You cannot. Of course. And so change the way we, you mean, look at things, the things you look at change. We can play this game all day. This is a psychological damage problem. The people that are involved on these police forces are suffering from all forms of hatredism and racism, and it goes on and on. And they should not be on the police force. They should have another okay. job. So Sometimes you give them, so, so what's your so what's that solution? You give them a psychological test, and what they're going to answer a question? They're going to lie That's on the, on the test. That's not how it goes. You uh uh-uh, uh, because I've had a psychological test. That's not how psychological oh test goes. Oh it's dear. a combination. No, I, it isn't. It, it's, a combination of be, it's a combination <laughs> of behavior and it's, it's mm-hmm. a history of behavior and tracking. And cops should be constantly mm-hmm. tracked. Their Facebook pages should be public to their police department offices. They should be mm-hmm. uh, in the contract. It should say you must let us know what organizations you're participating in. And when they find them sneaking around the corner at the racism bar, sucking down the liquor with the racist mm-hmm. partying, they should be immediately removed and even fined. You have to return one year of your salary back. And fine. That's and what we the, paid and, them. And what, and we paid what them. watchdog are we appointing to do that? That, you're that are, um, you, no, you, that you are, are clean, who have this, clean this hands. Is, this is called 2019. You're playing this like it's a game. This, what, the, the watchdog programs are everywhere. That's why we know how many pills people suck down in every town in America. We have been watched visually street from street in America for over 50 years before people thought about a camera. I remember, mm-hmm. I'm a marketer. I can go and dip and dab on you and I can tell you when you flush your toilet. I can tell you when you flush your toilet. So we have we have the tools. We have the technology. Everything we do is being watched. And guess what? They are not holding people accountable in America. 
-hmm. in America. Mm -hmm. I can't go and run one report that says, tell me how many people of color have been shot town to town. Why? Because there's no rule that, that there's no rule that says they have to uh, report that in one particular contract. If, if you wanted to sit down and sue the police and say, let me see what they did in Pennsylvania, Oklahoma, is there's no record. Nobody's being accountable. Nobody's being accountable. And the system needs to be gutted. There's not enough training. You could train, you can train a, a rapist and say, I didn't told you not to rape. And here's the Bible. And you know what's going to happen? Something, unless they give them a drug or do something, they keep saying, look, can you rehabilitate this? Can you? Now they're saying there is something psychologically wrong. They're, the brain is wired differently. The brain is wired. Can you, can you do something wrong? I mean, do something different. So on, on that note, no. It's not, it's not even funny to me because it's easy. I could write a strategy that police police. It could be done strictly with, with, the, with the algorithm code. Once they show their identification online, you're tracked anyway. Google knows when you come on air, when you, with every website you go to, how long you stay there. They use the heat map and know where your hand goes across the screen. Everything you do is tracked. The police departments and the leaders haven't said, turn over this information so we can help weed out people that have a challenge thinking in equality, in those realms of equality. Now, y'all done let me get funky here. I don't know your defense. If you get a call that says you are going out for a wellness check. Uh-oh, we're going to have to go. Check, and the lady gonna, said, We got a minute. Mm -hmm. We got less than that. I don't know what your defense is in that case. I, do, I mean, it's I not, and we it. should be angry. And so if you guys listen to the show and say she's angry, you should be. Because if it was your family, you would be angry. Right. Treat, angry. Right. Treat people the way you right. want to be treated. If your daughter, your mother, your aunt or brother or son it, it was shot while they were in their house doing what they're supposed to do. This is happening over and over and over. No one gets killed in America like black people by citizens, by a police force anywhere on the planet Earth. Anywhere. The great free country. Shame on all of you. Shame on all of you. And so you know what? While y'all want to talk about LeBron James, I'm not talking about LeBron James. I'm talking about what this country's not doing. Mm-hmm. Yep. On that note. We're going to break. <laughs> We're going to break. <laughs> We're going to come back and talk about these rugrats in the house with their parents. We'll be right back. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Zofia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. 
Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Sophia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change can be a scary thing. It's way too easy to stay inside your comfort zone. But the world is changing, and that's not going to stop. Without adapting yourself to the rest of life is just selling yourself short. Join Sandra Hill every week for Grow Your Voice, Overcome Your Fears. You gain insight with expert guests, experiences, and tools to help you navigate the change and perhaps even welcome it. Listen live on Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. You are listening to Not Just Talk Radio. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to lj at notjusttalkradio.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, welcome, welcome. Okay, we're all calm now. We had to take a breather. <laughs> During yes, the we, fa- we fanned her down. We're, we fanned her Fan. down and we're ready to switch gears. <laughs> yes, we're going to switch gears. But it's, it's, it is emotional. It, it is very emotional. And, and, you know, hey, so listen. This is the Tina Tony uh, brought this conversation up, and, and the question was apparently there's a post on Facebook of a young lady, and I want to mention that she is a young lady um, uh, saying that it's important that children, young adults, live with their parents to learn how to manage their credit and um, and get their foot in the ground in real life, and and and, and help them learn how to make uh, uh, as fewer mistakes moving forward as an adult over the age of eighteen. And so, of course, a young person would say that. Um, and, and so we thought we would deep dive into this conversation. Should um, your adult children over 18 be living at home with you? Now, now let me give you some numbers, though, real fast. In America, 2019, this is going to shock you. 55% of uh, young adults between 18 and 24 live at home. And this should really throw you over the bridge. 18 to 34, the age 18 to 34, 31%, 32% of adults live at home with their parents between the ages of 18 and 34, and again, between 18 and 24, 55%. That doesn't make it right. And I'm sure in there, some people are helping take care of their parents. Let's take them off the, hey, Tina and Tony, let's let's remove (laughs) them from the conversation. If you are at Mm -hmm. home and you're 18 to 24 24, and you're at home because strong to help save the family home, take care of a parent, right? Uh, Those people, we commend you. You've put your life on hold to give back to your parents, and we applaud you. Now we are going for those little rugrats that aren't doing those things. (laughs) And, and And I looked at the pros and cons of living at home with your parents over 18, Um, And we'll discuss that throughout the show. Uh, But there's a lot of conversation. I'm going to say it. I'm not going to say the name. I got some family members, some young adult family members (laughs) that just feel 
I've tried everything I'm going to do in their voice. And don't tell me. See, that's when it gets me. Don't tell me what to do. I'm grown. Then they got to come back home. Now, that that changes. Those are the people we're going for, right? But in all seriousness, um, and, and, and I don't think people realize, I don't think people 18 to 24, 18 to 34, most parents want you out of their life. They have done what they were supposed to do. They need a break. 18 years of feeding and clothing and, and loving and watching. They just, you know, it's like uh, enough. And so let's just say that. That does answer the question. You know, are you ever really out of your parents' care? Uh, you know, even when you're 25, even when you're okay, almost 29, are you out of your parents' care? You know, uh, for me, it was not so much a question of, um, you know, if you should be there, if you shouldn't be there. I'm just wondering, are young people prepared to leave home at that age. I know at that age, I don't think I was prepared to actually leave home and be on my own. You know, I, maybe I at didn't 25? have that money. Maybe I didn't. At 25? No, I'm about at you weren't no, ready? at 18. 18, Tina. I'm talking about 18, 19. I had my that first apartment really at 18. Yeah, I know. Well, but, you know, that's what I'm talking about. You know, for some people, maybe you are prepared, maybe you aren't prepared, and I hate to see parents push kids out or make kids feel, even at a young age, that they start talking about it at 12 and 13. You know, when you're 18, you got to go. You know, when you're age 19, you can't be here anymore. And I'm, I, don't, I don't think it's a good thing. I, I, I'm not sure that I, I, would, I just, would have been prepared. Can, I, can I say something, please? Yeah. T- t- can I say something? But, but, t- but t- t- Tina, remember, we all have different stories. Now, we want to hear Yes, I have a different story. <laughs> I have a different mm-hmm. story. My, my parents who were a team, gave us three choices. You have the option of going to college. You have the option of enlisting in the military. Or you have the option of staying home, but you must have a job and you will have to pay rent. Those were our three options. When I got into high school, I went straight to my guidance counselor and I said, how do I get out of here in as little time as possible? And he said, you can get out of here in three years instead of four. I said, what do I have to do? And he said, you need four years of English so you can go to to summer school one summer. Okay, wait, 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 let me finish, let me finish. At 16, I started college. But you're at rare, 17, Tina. At 17, I moved off campus into my own apartment, and I emancipated myself. That's not weird. That was, I could not phantom living under the roof with my parents. They were beautiful people. Don't get me wrong. But it was like, why? Why? And, they, and, they, and I don't want anybody else to control my life but me. So where so are those people? Here's my, here's my thoughts. Here's my thoughts. Because what happens is we are looking at a completely different culture. And so we had skills 
in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s, our generation, we had we had skills that forced us to, to at very young age, at a very young age, we had solutions. Was the skills or was it was it morals uh, that, that okay. said you no, no, had to work? Let me finish. You had to apply yourself. No, let me finish. A score, a, a moral and skills is two completely different things. And exactly. so skill, skills mean that when we were young, we were told we had to. We didn't have iPads. We didn't have things that created a different kind of mindset, different kind of brain, a different kind of solution. We had to go to the library, look up the book, go and find the book, read the book, and then we were responsible for returning the book on time. Believe it or not, something as simple as 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 uh, you know, uh, checking a book out of a library set in format a lot of responsibility, right? And don't mark that book up and don't get it dirty or wet. If not, you have to pay for it. Something very simple created a, 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 a little block of responsibility. Now, Wayne Dyer and, and everybody, I hope you know who he is because he's, you know, Wayne Dyer was a phenomenal. He said him and his brother both had to go to an orphanage when his mom had to stop and, and, and make some life changes. His brother, he became a millionaire, a hundred million plus. He says, and people say, why? He said, because I was in an orphanage, I learned self-reliance. And because of that, I learned how to rely on myself. His brother, because I was in the orphanage, I didn't have any self-reliance. I didn't have anyone to love me. So therefore I became an alcoholic. And so you can have kids in the same family and some are highly responsible and get the, and get the learning and get out there quicker, and some don't. And I think parents, and then it, is, it, it depends on parenting. I mean, my parents, my mother, my father was like, nope, my kids can always come home. And my mother was like, no, you can't after 18, and by the way, and you're going to pay rent. And we had money. According to the dynamics of that time, we were considered very wealthy people. And my mother was like, if you want to stay here, you got to pay rent and so on, et cetera. And you got to go to my place of worship and you got to do what I say. And you have to have and you have to come in when I say come in. And I packed up and moved to New York at 19. Um, and so I think you have to take a, 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 a each child separately, differently. But I do say this. Oh, here's the question. Do you think when young adults live with their parents, it stunts their growth? It delays their adulthood in a, in a full cycle, right? So if you're at home at 24, 25, do you really learn the importance of paying the light bill on time? Right? Do you, you understand? Do. I, think, I, think, I think a lot of it, just like you said, is just circumstances. I don't know if, Tina, you decided you didn't want to be at home after a certain point, and so you took the steps to emancipate yourself and move on imagine. and move on out. I mean, it was like, why? Mm-hmm. I could, listen, for all those years, and that's, I was only 16, however, I was telling me, you like, all of my friends had freedom. I don't know why I didn't, but they had freedom. If we were going to a party, I had to be home at 11 o'clock. They didn't have a, they didn't have a time, you know, a, um, a curfew, and that's what we called it back then, curfew. And it was like, I wanted, I don't want somebody to tell me what to do. Well, so, okay, and, I have to, and I have to tell I just you couldn't that. understand why I had to. And I was like, I understand I was under someone's roof and that they were paying, you know, for my food and education or at that time whatever. But it was like, I can't. I, I can't think, do this. I, I think we're all different. I grew up in a small yeah. town where everybody was getting married. Everybody yeah, I was 18, in a small 19, town too. 
what was getting married. And for me, my father used to say this to me all the time. He probably said that his shared this more than ever. He would be on the road, you know, because he was an entertainer. And I would sit and watch him shave and he would say, promise me you'll see the world before you get married. Because he had, you know, he had traveled the whole planet. And my father would say, just promise me that. Now that sort of contradicted my mother's friends that would always like, girl, you better get married before a certain age, even though they have amnesia. But I have to tell you, they talked about marriage to me so much, they talked it away from me. After Mm -hmm. I witness adult grown-ups insist that I get married over expand my intellect, right? Right? Read more books. Da 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 da. It completely turned me off and I have never been interested in marriage since then. Um and took and went with my father's direction about um the whole world. It's just a beautiful world out there. And so I wanted to leave home um Probably for the same reason, Tina, not so much to tell me what to do, but I was ready to explore the planet. Now, but I have to say this. My father was fanatic about paying his bills, handling his business, right? And so I had just watching my parents learn how to save my money, maintain my credit, you know what I mean? And pay my bills. I didn't have to stay at home to learn responsibility. They had already shown me responsibility from the moment I was born till I was 18. There was no more lessons for me to learn because I got the memo. Right. I got that memo. I I never felt pressured to leave home. I never felt like it was a rush to leave home. I went to college and I lived on campus and I thought, that that was an experience that was important to have because that's your first, you know, foray from home, learning how to pay a phone bill. We had actual phones, you know, hardwired phones in our room. So there was a bill and, you know, you paid whatever you had to pay for laundry and things like that. You had to manage money. And I think also, too, that's where I learned how to date. Uh, You know, that was your first, uh, my first experience with, um, you know, living in an environment, men and women together, and the opportunity to date away from home. So I think what I learned in college, I came back home with after college, and then um, moved back home, and we had a two-family house, and the apartment was empty, and so I was able to go up in the apartment. I wasn't physically maybe in the same part of the house with my parents, but we were in one house, and I remember we had to pay, I had to pay rent. I remember that I had to pay rent, but my mother said the reason why she was charging me rent, and also my sister came home from college uh, the year before, so we both shared that apartment together. We paid rent because my mother wanted us to have the experience of paying rent, to understand what paying bills was, to understand how credit worked, how to, how to understand that you had an obligation to meet every month, and so I never pressed and so when I finally did you know go out on my own so to speak I felt prepared I didn't feel like I was pushed out and I just wonder about young people who feel like they were pushed out too early um, you know do they feel like they lost something do they feel denied of of, of, of learning these things I mean, I, and just I, being I, I out there I'm, and you know in the big city we're going to go to break. We missed the break. I'm so sorry, uh, Matt, the engineer. We didn't miss it. Uh, no, we're good. We're good. Um, we got two minutes. Tina, my mother was very adamant at 18, and I'm sure she, she changed that story because my mother had two sets of kids. Same husband, but she had three of us, and then they waited for 10 years and had another three. And um, we are completely different. 
it's like we come from two separate different fam, you know, families. And the first three, it was these rules, right? And the second three, they were older and lighter on the rules. And I, it's literally like we're foreign. We come from two foreign countries. It's always um, like it, that with the younger it, kids. It, it worked well for me. Um, and um, I never looked back. But, but, you know, there were other things. I think it also depends on the parenting. Um, we're going to have a minute. And, and then we're going we're, to finish this. And we're going to go to break. Because I really want to talk about psychologically when we come back from break. Living with your parents, what does, does it do? You think it delays you psychologically in yeah. some areas? I'll talk about that. But for, and for also, me, you I know, like, are we in the age? Are are we different now than back then, Latanya, in terms of our level of maturity? Because um, I, and, and, yeah, I think this so, is a generation that has more done for them, and they don't mature as fast. But that's so something I, we can talk about after the break. So here, here's a thought, though. You are are a manifestation of your experiences. And so at 18 or at Tina, at 16, we started having adult real-life experiences, and we successfully got through them. So by the time other people were 25, we were 35, right? This is true. By the time other people were 35. So the more experiences you have, right, the more it expands your brains. It's just science. You could, people can kick and mm-hmm. scream about it. It's just science. It's always saying, "Why do we have relevance?" You know. And so, I, I think that plays a huge difference. I am so different than my siblings. I hold back on eighty percent of my conversation because they don't even know what I'm talking about because they didn't go to London and, and live for a while and they didn't do the corporate thing and travel. They didn't. There's nothing wrong with that, but because of that, my brain is wired differently, and, and I think. You know, in my case, you can stay at home with your mama and your daddy and you can, you know, always know that there's somewhere to go when you fail or you don't achieve what you want to achieve. But you have to also say, when do you just stop and push through? When do you get the roommate, put yourself on a budget, don't buy a car, ride a bus, pay off your debt and grow and really sink your teeth around becoming an adult? And, um, and and creating boundaries and growth and new channels for yourself. On that note, I'm going to shut up. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back and talk about the psychological damage um, that it does or does it do any kind of delayed um, uh, uh, um, damage. And, and not for everyone. Tony. Or maturation, yeah. Yeah, t- Tony did. She, Tony has a, grew up in a beautiful, loving family with only two children. I come from a family with six. I didn't want to stay at yeah. home with all the drugs. And I came out of a house. Yeah. I, I came out of a house of thirteen. So, oh yeah, see, because so, my parents so were foster parents. Yeah, I and, was and trying so, to flee. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, not just talk radio. We're gonna come back and talk about should you be at home after eighteen or when you return from college? We'll be back after the break. Ciao. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Get ready for High Vibin' It with host Lindsay Robinson and Kelsey Aida. This is an all-new look at self-empowerment and lifestyle design. If you're still trying to figure out the law of attraction, spirituality, self-love, and more, we'll break it down for you. You can create the life of your dreams and own your power. Listen for High Vibin' It. We're live every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. This will be one hour you will make time for. 
It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Not Just Talk Radio. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to lj at notjusttalkradio.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome, welcome, Not Just Talk Radio. So we're going to slow things down a little bit. We've had a lot of emotional conversation here, so we want you to make sure you stay with us and follow through and 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 um, and, and hopefully we have shared some perspective that helps you um, think differently, impact your life in some case. And we were talking during the break and saying that we just come from so many different dynamics and, and respecting every, you know, each and every person's journey and different experience is actually a wonderful celebration of life is what keeps us um, engaged and interesting and, and all that stuff. And so we're talking about living at home after 18. Um, and we talked about the numbers earlier, 55% of people between 18 and 24 live at home. And we, you know, we're celebrating those folks that are there to help their parents. But now we want to talk about psychologically, how does it stunt your growth or does it stunt your growth when you're still in your parents' house and, you know, it's that deal. The deal is, Tina and Tony, the more you do, the more you learn. But if you're living at home and your parents are saying, just give me 400 bucks, but they're the ones that's making sure the lights are on, the plumbing is repaired. It, are there experiences that young people are missing? That's the question. When they live at home, um, most, I'm, I'm talking about, in the, you know, uh, most, do, do you think some experiences are missing that are critical that'll help them when they're 35? Everybody's quiet. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I can't. I, I mean, for me, I went, you know, it was like you always play house and play this and that as kids. And then when you get into the reality of it, there are bills to pay. There are, you know, you have to keep a roof over your head and you have to consciously consider, how do I do that? That means I got to get a job, you know, 
I have to have some source of, you know, income or some way to make a living so I don't, I'm not homeless or I don't have to go back home and that type. So you, there's, there's a reality and I think it's important no matter how difficult or challenging it is that you get that experience because like you said, LaTanya, the more ex- of the experience you have, the more there's a growth within you and a learning, pr- and, a, and you know, this whole learning curve. And the more you, you um, it's, it, it adds to your level of maturity that you well, get you know, to see the yeah. world in a sense that I have to be responsible for this human being. And I have to, you know, I have to make a contribution okay, so, in some so way. Here's a thought. Here's a thought. Wait, let me cut in because we got about 10 minutes or less. So, so here, when, when we say that, here's a thought in addition. Um, when I left home I had and moved to New York, I had to make a decision. And I didn't realize this because I have a lot of different social groups. And in each social group, now at 55, and I look at them, they all said to me, do you realize how much you've achieved, right? And I thought, blah, blah. And then we had these backstories. I never got drunk. I never did the drugs. I never overpartied because at 19, I had, a, I had to pay rent, light bill, have transportation, and I was never going to call home and ask for money. And so while they were partying, getting a couple of dinghy tickets and things like that, I was saving money, working and taking classes you know, at NYU and workshops and trying to learn as much as I could. So the outcome at 28, you know, I owned property. I had great credit, and I was a, a, a international, you know, um, executive. And they were like, how did you get there? And I got there because I wasn't living at home. All of them were. They were all living at home. So they were like, if they spend all their money at the club, it's okay because I can just get $6 from my mother and get back and forth to work. And so that's why I think it, it really, I'm just looking from my point of view, and I have many social groups. Um, and, uh, from my point of view that it's not going to hurt a young person. And I'm, and Susie Oyman says the same thing. You know, Susie Oyman takes it to another level and say, don't even pay for their college. It's okay for young people to work part-time and go to college. It's okay. Then they won't be in so much debt in the end, but they're going to learn so much from that process. But do you find, I mean, we, I have those people in my family. Uh, these some of these young people are like, I don't want a roommate, and I don't like that job, and I don't like how the government is doing things, and so therefore I'm going to go home and live off my mom or live off my grandmother and use their water bill and use their resources, and I just don't think it's very thoughtful that this these adults have spent most of their life parenting, mm-hmm. and that these mm-hmm. young adults feel that it is okay that they continue to live the grass, like the, like a cow to, to grass mm-hmm. off of their adult parents when they don't like how society is. I think that's the bigger hit because when you do have a roommate, you learn how to get along with all the dynamics you learn when you have a roommate right. is enormous. Socially, it just teaches you so many right. social skills. It teaches you how to get along. It teaches you how to, to partner. And that you're not going to get along with everybody. And that you're not going to get along with it. It teaches you how to problem solve. It teaches you how to to talk things out. Um, And when you go on that job that you don't like, but you do it anyway, I can't even tell you how it teaches you. I'm here. You know, it's just so much to learn. 
And when you don't like your but, boss but, and still stay on the job, that's grown up. But you gotta, see, you I, gotta don't, I don't look at I don't see you as a grown up when you quit on everything just and just say I can go home. But, right. But Tanya, let me tell you why this subject kind of came to mind and why it, it rolls around in my head. And that was because a couple of years ago, uh, I went to a uh, community meeting and the mayor was there, de Blasio was there, and a young lady stood up and she was looking for a way to get funding for uh, kids who are foster kids who are age out at 18. I didn't know that you age out of the system at 18. So yes, if you're you a foster child, you might be in a foster home until uh, that person is required to take care of you as a foster parent until age 18, and then you're out. You're on your own. And that, to me, was um, eye-opening. I didn't know that at the time. And so when you say 18, you know, you're on your own. Um, could I make it? What would I be thinking? You know, am I, on my, am I alone and on my own? You know, all of the, mm-hmm. those are the things, and that's why. This was yeah, no, I, but I, again, I think it goes back to the parenting. And so um, I had a friend that called me and he made a comment. He says, oh, this daughter is not getting it. The others are. And I'm constantly reminding my friends with children, they're different. And especially those first kids, which I always say practice. But your children, your children are different. And they're going to be able to advance at different levels at different speeds. I know my mom said to me once, well, I, I raised you guys like my mother raised us. I raised you all the same. And I got a chill. And it was why I left home. Because I knew I was different. I knew I had a thirst for a broader world experience. Not to do anything degrading or immoral. It was all intellectual. I had a thirst for a high level of information. And I felt like I was in this little box and being maintained and duplicated like a little Barbie doll, right? I raised them the same way I raised you. I'm not like them. And I knew that when I was in third grade and wrote a letter to myself. And so I think parents are going to have to take a, if you really love your children, you take a deep dive. But then for those kids that it's hard to push out the house, I mean, there are adults that's going back home at 40 and 50, right? Oh, you know, the mortgage is too high. You know, I'm going home. There has to be some boundaries to, to some tough love to push them out there and say it's time to be an adult. I think that's the key word, tough love, because, because if that I mean, parent a, a, dies, a parent has it, don't, don't they have the option of saying, no, you ain't coming back here? <laughs> well, I mean, you know? I, always say, I always say to my mom and my sisters, I said, okay, y'all can play this game now, but just understand. And my friends, if you die, God forbid, but if you drop dead, which is real, what what are your thoughts? Is your young adult child or adult a child prepared to equip themselves for to succeed? Or are they going to be homeless or in a shelter after you die? You can only pull this child to your bosom for so long and they have to fly. They have to go out yeah. there and fly. And, and if you have to and for and, and again. You know, and then there's all these other dynamics. You know, I'm sure it's okay for some parents because when you live in your mother and your father's house, you got to do what they say. It's their rules. Yeah. It is their rules. And the it is shocking how I see some adults to go back home and try to and, and put rules. I'm coming back, but you can't do this. You can't say this to me and that to me, which that would never happen in my house. And I'm sure neither in your houses. So, you know, we, we only have two minutes. 
um, it is a big conversation. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with, I support young people, uh, young adults getting out their house, getting out their parents' house as soon as possible. But I do encourage them to get roommates and learn the dynamics. Um, mm-hmm. I have a certain, I have a keen sense for people um, because I left home, I can be on the subway. I can feel a bad person. I can hear a bad walk in the street. But that keenness comes from me living alone and by myself and leaving home. And so I have a high level of common sense because I left home early. Um, and not that others don't. It, that's, that was my outcome uh, because I moved to such a big city alone. And so you got to learn real quick when you move to New York. And um um, just look at, you know, take take that decision on per child. What do you guys say? Yep, I guess so. <laughs> I guess what you would say. So, so, so that, you know, we all have a different perspective on this. We're down to the last minute of the show. Um, I, I hope that even our front end of our conversation about current events and what's happening, you know, people wake up every day and try something new and try to change your perspective and put your feet in other people's shoes and treat people the way you want to be treated. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and we have an obligation. We're on this planet together. We are roommates on this planet together. And that's a big deal. Um, and, and if we all do something a little nice every day, and something different every day, my goodness, won't we expand and won't we get better? And for all those young people living at home, check yourselves. See if you're really doing the best you can do. And remember, when you do what you don't want to do, that's what makes you an adult. My dad used to always say that. You're an adult when you do what you, you know you have to do it, but you do it anyway, even if you don't want to do it. Get out your parents' houses. Let them live their life and have some free time before they kick the bucket. <laughs> right. <laughs> My God, for goodness sake, be thoughtful. If nobody told you they love you today, we do in big old capital letters. Me, we Tina, do, Tony. we do. <laughs> and Tanya, we love you. Stay home. We Stay love home. you. Y'all, man up. <laughs> <laughs> Not just Put on the big girl up. panties. Put on the big girl uh, panties. Oh, Lord, the big girl panties. <laughs> okay, guys. Bye. Thank you. I love you, ladies. Bye. Have a good day. Love you. Thank you for tuning in to Not Just Talk Radio. You'll want to check out the next edition of the show next Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.